to support this podcast, go to paypal.me slash positive sarcasm. Any amount can be donated. Any amount is appreciated. Also, check us out on YouTube, social media. Be sure to like and subscribe. Also, share with your friends. Once again, paypal.me slash positive sarcasm. Thank you and enjoy the program. Are you trying to get crazy with this, eh? Don't you know I'm local? Good morning, Vietnam! Wait. Sorry. Manchester, New Hampshire. Boring. Oh, pardon me. I just got out of the shower. Um, so my hair's not up and you know, good looking, and uh, most of my, my body butter is kind of... Who fucking cares? Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com. Find me on Instagram at... Positive underscore sarcasm, Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. You can find me on Twitter. Well, maybe you shouldn't find me on Twitter, but if you choose to, follow me on Twitter um, at POS Sarcasm. And I'm also live streaming on Twitch every week that I'm happening to be live streaming on Twitch. Uh, you can follow me there at twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. For those who speak Spanish, that's Uno. But don't type in Uno because then you won't get me. Um, then you can go to positivesarcasm.com and you can click on the the, the linky poo. Ooh, let me turn this mute. Let me turn this down a little bit. Ooh, a little heavy on the. There we go. A little heavy on the mic. Got a little bit of energy. And I didn't even have any coffee. It is a Thursday. It's a Thursday. Did you know that? Hey, tell your friends. It's a Thursday. Anyways, just got back from Florida. Um, <clears throat> wasn't touring the entire East Coast of Florida, although uh, with my driving habit, I pretty much would have drove right off the bridge uh, at the uh, at the Key West. But got back, been about a week off, and uh, pretty much world has gone to hell. And sadly, it is officially fall, and uh, it's sad up here in the New Hampshire. If I had a piano right now, I would play it. You don't know what it's like to live up here. Leaves change. The kids come out. They're stupid little Halloween outfits. <laughs> it gets cold. We got a nor'easter coming. I don't even know. I've been I, I've been here so damn long. I don't even know what the fuck a nor'easter is. Honestly. Oh, a nor'easter's coming. What the fuck is a nor'easter? Do you mean a storm that happens to be cold and has slightly above normal winds? You know what that's called? It's called a shitty day. Okay, I don't know what we call it a nor'easter, okay? You know, it's like it's like naming hurricanes. We can't figure it out. It's like, why is it all of a sudden Hurricane Irene or Hurricane Greg, you know? I mean, they all suck, so let's just call them Hurricane Twat. Oh, that, you know, you know, Sarah's coming. That fucking bitch. Better look out. Yeah, okay, we get it. Just, why do we got to name shit? What's a nor'easter? Why do we got to call it Santa Ana Wind? It's just like... You get used to it. You almost become on a first. Hey, the Santa Ana's coming. You got to be careful. It's not a fucking joke. These things actually mess up your life. They mess up your daily commutes. They mess up the power that goes to your house, you know, because God forbid you actually talk to your children when the power goes out. And you just want to shove that fucking tablet in there and watch your fucking Netflix. You know, so you don't have to deal with the little shit. Mom, what's life like? I don't know, sweetie. Here's my cell phone. Play some fucking video games. Here's some, here's some, here's some chicken nuggets to shove down your throat. But I had a, um, but I'm very relaxed. Uh, just got back from East Coast, Florida. Um, I can talk about that in a little bit. Um, I literally just I, I finished. Um, I should finish my sentences. I'm still getting a lot of praise from the boys, boys of summer, um, over at the AMA, the American Medical Association. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the fuck's the matter with me? Aviation uh, Mechanical Model... Oh, Association for Model Aircraft, I believe it is. 
um, which I'm going to be signing up with. But I'm gonna, I got a lot of pl- I got a lot of props for them for the video that I did for them that that weekend in, in uh, Newberry, Massachusetts. Um, thank you guys all for the donations and the contributions from that weekend. I really appreciate it, and it of course it helps an awful lot, you know. Um, definitely because uh, those goddamn tolls in Florida. If I remember, I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, so that was great. I got to be joining the AMA because the new drone laws are coming down, and um, there's new geofencing. For those of you who don't know, and I'll make it quick because I don't want to go full nerd in this episode. I'd rather just do my normal ranting and raving. So, um, geofencing is basically like, hey, if you're within five miles of an airport, your app will only allow you, well, the, the, the DJI Go app will only allow you to fly uh, at certain speeds, at certain heights, and then you get closer, it will decrease your height. And then if you get really close to the airport, it literally turns the drone around and sends it back to its original takeoff point um, because they don't want drones flying into airports or into the into flight paths. You know, it's a safety issue. Um, so I have to be, I have to make sure that I'm a part of an AMA member. I'm an AMA member because, let's face it, they're the only ones speaking for drone people. They're only ones speaking for drone hobbyists and professional drone pilots in the Senate right now. Um, where was I getting going with this? Man, I really maybe I do have ADHD. Talk to your doctor. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna become an AMA member. Um, that's like fifty bucks a year, and uh, that's gonna be it's. Uh, you know, the, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of work in that business. It's not just for recreational aircraft. You know, those little hobby planes that you see flying around. There's there's a lot of they have a lot of power. So um, definitely show them some respect. And if you are a drone fi- flyer, whether you're a hobbyist. Or you are a full-blown um, professional drone pilot who gets paid to do shit. Um, go find your local AMA. Talk to the boys there. Sign up. Um, you kind of don't have a choice anymore. And that's on top of paying for the registry fee, which is like $5 for your drone. Um, there'll be other stuff to come, and maybe I'll cover it a little bit. Anyways, um, but yeah, my drone still made its way down to Florida because right now we're kind of in that no-man's land of as far as things being enforced and stuff. So the drone came with me. Uh, but that's not before I made a trip to a couple events uh, in southern New Hampshire and, uh, of course, East Coast of Mass. So there was three events. There was the Rockport Harvest Fest. Rockport is like a very historic-looking town. When you walk into the historic district, which is like the pier points, there was – it's first of all, there's 7,000 people in this town. That's it. Just 7,000. And – it's first of all, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous because it's so old school. It's so colonial looking. The 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 cobblestone, the one way streets, the way the buildings are built. I mean, there's so much restrictions. They really don't want this town to change. It's very historic, and it's awesome. It's really fantastic. So, um, I was down there. They have this thing called the Harvest Fest. You know, it's a little. It's low. It's very local, so you know, it's not exciting and huge, but I think it really could be. I mean, a few, a couple thousand people, even on a rainy day, will go through there and talk, you know, hang out with the local vendors, hear some local bluegrass music, you know, because bluegrass musicians are cheap. Um, so, besides that, you go down there, you can survey. They got great coffee down there. They have great uh, um, local fare, local beer, local food, and you go down there. You spend, I'd say, a good hour. Because in order to, like, for example, everybody, you know, you work all week and you're going to spend time with your family or with your mistress um, and you want to go down to maybe spend some time in an event. You're going to invest your time in actually going to an event. So what event you're going to go to? You know, because you, what event you're going to go to and how much money are you going to spend? Because you can go to like a local street fair, maybe spend like a half hour there and be like, oh, that was nice. But you don't want to waste your fucking time when you're going to any of these events. So you want to, the the big events, normally if it's like a beer fest or like a huge concert fest, generally there's a lot, of, it's a little more money to get in. You may not necessarily have the money. And uh, two, you know they're going to be, for the most part, they're going to be a good time. But these smaller ones um, are unsung heroes because you can bounce from one to one to one. And if you go to really crappy ones, well, you just wasted gas. You wasted time. The kids are grouchy. Uh, so I, my idea was, okay, I've gone to huge events where there's been thousands of people. It costs 40 50 bucks to get in. 
let me check out some of the smaller events. So I started out with in Rockport. Rockport, it, they basically close off about mm, uh, two streets, and then they close off the whole pier. And in my opinion, I think they could get, if they doubled the size of it and they expanded the closing of the streets, first of all, free parking in mass. Say what? Free trolley rides down to the actual uh, Harvest Fest. Free um, parking along. If you, first of all, it, you know, I was there around, I don't know, 8.30, and I got there a nice free parking spot right down the street. Believe me, that matters. Because, you know, you go to a sporting event, think of it, you go to a Patriots game, you spend money for parking, money for beer, uh, money for food, money for God knows what else, not to mention the tickets, not to mention it's not in Boston. You got to drive all the way to Foxborough to get freaking parking, to, to go down there. That's going to cost you gas money. That's a bitch. It really does. It turns into a huge freaking event. It's not, hey, let's just go, you know, it's not like, hey, let's just go, to, go catch the Yankee game really quick. Go get some $20 bleacher seats. It's like that, no, okay, no. On top of that, you go down to this event. It's a nice little event. About a couple thousand people go down there. Even if it was raining. It was raining. Um, and then on top of that, it, you know, it was cold. You're running around, things like that. But you go there for about an hour. I went down there and surveyed it, took a couple pictures, things like that, and then got out of there because um, I had seen enough. And I was trying to gauge if this was an event that was worth going to or an event that could get bigger um, in the future. So on that note, I was like, okay, well, here's it's very promising. They're a very great little town. They're very nice people. And I think if they doubled the size of the event with more food vendors, more palatable uh Vendors that aren't necessarily selling like free, I don't know, uh, you know, coasters and shit. You know, you get those like, you know, like service credit union. Good bank, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying if you're giving out like a free, you know, coaster or a free koozie, it's like, okay, I'll pick that up. Well, that's not very exciting. You want some vendors that you could really, you know, spend a minute or two on and get like a full sampling of something. You know, more food vendors, uh, more, par you know, more parking or accommodations just kind of spread it out so people are spending more time in your town granted it's a small town and you want to keep it local but you definitely want to attract new eyes to your area because you don't want your town to die you want it's a tourist attraction rockport is definitely a tourist attraction it's a beautiful area so you do want to keep that money coming in um i don't know if that completely makes sense but let's face it it's they could do a lot more than what they do right now and i think that um they have this opportunity right now to make it bigger because it, there's a lot of pluses that I see with that town and I absolutely love it. And I think they're on the right track. I just think they need to, um, like I said, just add in, you know, more vendors, close down a little bit more of the street. Um, if they, if they can figure that out and, you know, and just make it a little bit bigger, a little more organization. Uh, because I saw a little chaos in the beginning, but for the most part, great people. Awesome. Loved it. It's great. Totally worth the drive. Any day of the week. Just like Newburyport. Newburyport is totally worth that 90-minute drive all day long. Then from there, I was like, all right, let me swing up to... Because I decided I was not going to go to the New Hampshire Brew Fest, which was being done at the Cisco Brewery. Decided to skip that. Went to... And I also and then I also decided to skip the uh, uh, New Hampshire Film Festival. Number one, because I don't think that that's like my type of crowd. They're a little more prissy, I think. You know, how much money are you going to spend to go see a shitty movie and get your free Stella Artois glass? You know, who gives a damn? So, um, it wasn't, it's, that's not my crowd. I mean, I was going to stop by and say hi to somebody, but they kind of like blew me off. So I was like, you know, I, I, they said, hey, come down and then I'll feed you and all that stuff. And then I sent them a text and I sent them an email following up and got nothing back. So I'm like, I'm not going to waste my fucking time. Drove there and I said, nope, don't like the crowd. Out of here. Left. Went to the Dover Harvest Fest, which was also having their own little festival. Now, even though it was raining, I actually went and took a look at the... I went literally pulled right in, free parking, took a look at the fairgrounds. There was not a single soul there. You pull in, there was nobody fucking there. None whatsoever. So I literally... There was, there was no vendors, per se. There was like one fried dough spot and, and some pumpkins. I mean, so I was like, nope, and I immediately left. So I pieced out of there. I'm like, all right, 
So I gave up two surefire um, episodes, easy episodes. Ooh, a beer episode, and um, what was the other one? Well, that was it. The beer one was a guarantee. But I've already done that. I've done I've done a brew fast type of episode. You know, I wanted something else. I wanted to try like a trifecta, maybe put you know in grade Rockport and grade Dover. So the next day, so it was a Sunday. Uh, I drove down early to Cambridge. Uh, they were having a food truck festival, Central Square. And, um, you know, all the, and I was like, okay, it was, it was nice. First of all, free parking again, scoreboard. That means a lot. When you can get free parking, uh, I'm game. Granted, parking in Massachusetts is a little difficult, but when you're in Cambridge, it softens up a little bit. If you get there early enough, there are those weak points where you can pull up. And, then, and even though they have an app, you can pay through your app, at this point, it was free parking on that side. So I was like, perfect. So I, I, I was two blocks down, walked over, and, you know, had the land, you know, had all my gear on, the lanyard on. The, top, the, the, the setup was like this. There was supposed to be between 25 and 30 food trucks. There was a small flea market right next to it that was going on, people selling things and whatever. And then there was, uh, and then there was a band playing. So cool. So on top of all that, I'm in the middle of it, watching all the trucks pull up, cameras going, doing my thing. Um, I And as usual, I stumble upon the people running the event, uh, New England Markets, New England Fair Market, something like that. New England Open Market, I think it is. And uh, I chatted with them, told them what I was doing, things like that, and just, you know, whatever you need, you guys can grab me anytime. It was great. They were awesome. They were really nice. Um, I think they only wanted to deal with me so much. So it was like once I established myself, they were like, cool, appreciate you being here. Great. Done. Moved on. Um, the food, first of all, was really, really good. The food truck guys were awesome. Here's what makes it a little difficult, though. For example, or I'll, excuse me, I'll set the examples. At the Hampton Beach Seafood Festival, there's no food trucks. So you, from a content perspective... Watching the food being made or viewing the food being made is essential when creating a tasty vlog, if you want to call it that. You want to see the food being made. You want to see the process from start to finish. You know, the food being slapped on, things like that. You can see that because it's an open it's an open environment, okay? And since you have, you know, a couple hundred thousand people going through these tents, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. The difference with the Cambridge Food Festival is, is it smaller? Very much so. You still got 25 to 30 food trucks, though. So you got people moving around in a small area. So it's compacted. So it looks like a lot. In reality, it was. But you have food trucks. So you can't actually see what's going on inside the food trucks. Unless you're somebody like me who basically open, walks to the back, opens up the front door, peeks his head in, and walks in and just points his camera at what they're doing. Now, you got to be careful when you're doing that, though. Now, granted, I got away with it a couple times. There was one little corporate pizza truck that was kind of gave me the brush off. I was like, fuck it. Who cares? I'm not going to deal with you guys. So I got into a couple places. I got into, let's see, I'll give a shout out to, uh, what was that wild game place? If you go to week 95, check out week 90, uh, week 95. There was, I was handing out a free uh, uh, venison quesadilla to um, just patrons. It was a $2 entry. And I was just handing out free samples and things like that from this from this, from this place. It was awesome. Um, but if you go on Week 95 and you check it out, there is um, their Facebook their Facebook page is on there and all that jazz. And So I gave them all the shout-outs they needed. Went in there inside their food truck, shot all that stuff, then went over to uh, Satan's Bartleby, Bartleby Satan Stand. Bartleby Satan Stand is like a vegan-type fried food. So like fried pickles, fried cauliflower, things like that. And Stephanie Kirkpatrick, I believe her name is. Uh, I met her. She's a sweetie pie. She's got an amazing smile, great laugh. She was running the um, that stand. That's her. That's her baby. So she gave me access to hers. So I went in the went in the back there, viewed everything. I was like, cool, more content. Done with that one. The and then of course the the jackpot was. Even though they all showed up in food trucks, one truck, it was Gastro's 401. Um, they are, uh, they're a catering service as well. They have, they're big, you know, they're big with sausage. <laughs> yeah, anyways, um, so 
they had an open gazebo. So you could see them making the food, prepping it, you know, squirting this, pressing that, you know, adding this. And they had a lot of mo- they had a lot of movement. So it was really great to um I basically could move around them, see what they're putting on the flat grill and get into that environment and put that in the vlog to give it some real content. Now the thing is is like when you're at these events, when you're at these events, it's really difficult you have to maintain focus. Like you're doing you're doing all this stuff where you're actually like you're running around shooting all this video and stuff like that. People are constantly offering you food. Okay? And your 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 job fat ass is to not be taking that food in because unless you are going to use the content for the vlog, you need to be focusing on getting the core base of the content filmed before you eat anything. Okay? If you're hungry, bring a freaking jar of peanut butter and some water, okay? And put it in a small bag because you don't want to be lugging this shit around uh, everywhere, okay? So basically, I had my gear. So I had two two tripods and two cameras. Uh, yeah, two or three cameras. But I was light. Even though it was a cold, a slightly windy day, I had exactly what I needed. But no, no eating. You know, Bartleby Satan stand, she offered me food, turned it down. The uh, venison's truck, the wild game truck, they offered me food. I turned that down. A couple other places offered me food, turned that down. Eventually, towards the end of the day, because I got, I was getting plenty of footage, and it turned out that I had a vlog that I could put together as far as rating different festivals, which ones you should spend your time with and which ones you should not even bother to do. So finally, towards the end, I was at um, Gastro's. And they basically forced it upon me. They, you know, pardon the pun, they forced the sausage in my face. Is that a pun? Hmm. Um, but I figured at this point it was time to get some food content of me, you know. You know, here it is. You can't have any. Oh, it tastes so good. Um, so I filmed that. And because of my work with Hero Pups, I tend to, whenever there's a dog going by, I um, can't help but shove the camera in the dog's face. So I do that an awful lot now. Um, and it's fun content. It's easy content. You know, dogs, good, you know, you know, carby food. It's, it's an easy go-to. So um, I did that. Got some really cool dogs. The dogs are mostly friendly. People were great. I met some wonderful people. But the Gastros guys, they gave me this uh, fried onions, uh, cheddar cheese sausage, on this buttered bun, and I was just like, oh my god, this is the one thing I'm going to eat before I take off for Palm Beach, <sighs> dude, uh, but I ate it, like a gentleman, I ate that sausage, um, and it was fantastic, and these guys were awesome, and I sent them pictures, um, they were ultra appreciative of the shout out, I believe it's uh, Owen, who either owns it or manages it, shout out to, um, the frick is his name, um, Shout out to Owen Doyle of Gastros. Um, I forget. They're either out of Rhode Island or they're out of Massachusetts. But uh, they got a really good gig. Um, you can go check them out. Just look up Gastros. Uh, what's their thing? Yeah. Shout out to Gastros Craft Meats. Um, yeah. Owen was a nice guy. The crew behind them was awesome. Uh, Bartleby Satan Stan, Stephanie Kirkpatrick, she was great. Um, the event people running the event, they were awesome. And then I was doing a quick circle around the, um, there was a flea market, of course, as I told, as I've previously mentioned. Uh, and then I went over there and I running back, I'm like, I, I could use a coffee. That's the one thing that this market, this thing was missing was there was no coffee truck. Okay. No coffee truck. I was like, are you serious, Clark? You're going to make all these people walk down the street to some Starbucks it's like, okay, all right, well, if that's what you're doing, that's what you're doing. But go figure, the one guy who's actually selling coffee, I go by his, I go back to his stand, and I was like, I was, I, I'm making a U-turn to come back to you. He's like, I'm like, can I, is there, co- is there coffee? He goes, no, I sold out. I'm like, for the first, my first reaction is, dude, what the fuck? You're selling coffee, but you got no coffee. He's like, just the bags. And first of all, nicest guy in the world. Um, I can actually look him up. It's like El Colombiano. You can look it up. It's El Colombiano Coffee. This guy is so freaking passionate about coffee. He loves coffee. Loves to talk about coffee. Gives me a free $15 bag of Colombian coffee. 
Just here. You take it. You like it. You come back. That's even his accent. I don't know. I'm as white as a ghost right now. The coffee, we talked for a good 30, 45 minutes of just about coffee and about, you know, the people down there, what's going on in Columbia, things like that. And the guy's a wealth of knowledge. And he's just a really nice individual. We had a great conversation. I let him talk. He loves to talk. He loves coffee. Now, as far as reviewing his coffee, I will review his coffee. This is my official review of the medium roast El Colombiano. Aroma-wise, it's one of the best aromaed coffees. It's one of the best scented coffees I've ever smelled, period. It just so fresh, so light, so aromatic. They should make candles out of it. It's just, it smells that good. And normally I drink coffee, I drink it black. And my favorite coffee, bar none so far, is Cubano coffee. I love Sumatra. I love Arabica. I love Turkish blend coffees. I love it. Jamaican pea berry, things like that. You know, Kona's okay. Uh, but I love um, all those coffees. They're fantastic. So, ooh, I'm getting a phone call. I'm going to ignore it for now. The the the, fla- the the scent was fantastic, bar none. But the flavor wasn't there. So I try. So how I make it? I I use a French press. Okay, I boil the water. I pour the bo- I pour the water in once the bo- the once the boiling stops, and I pour that in. And I I'm not conservative. I use a solid three scoops for a big French press. Um, I want that fucking flavor. I don't want it tasting like, you know, dirty water. I want coffee. And I use a dark roast. I use a dark roast or a deep, deep medium roast, okay? I need I need it, you know? You know, when you, when you are... When you use a darker roast, you're not getting as much caffeine. So keep that in mind. It, they, they burn the ro- They burn the beans longer. They roast the beans longer. You're actually getting less caffeine. But you definitely get a deeper soul of a coffee um i'm definitely a nerd when it comes to coffee you know a big fanatic you know can't hold my candle with wine but that's all right so but as far as the the you know a solid three scoops there just wasn't enough flavor in the coffee or enough enough soul or density in the coffee for me to really like it the aroma was out of this world but the the flavor itself just it was lacking it was weak so i added in an additional scoop so four scoops in a full in a full size french press and it was st- still decent but it wasn't even really matching like my sumatra blend a classic starbucks sumatra blend so i, I you know i i, I want to try his dark roast and see what his dark roast is like because if his dark roast really does hold the candle then I'm game okay you've sold me so I want to take a look at that and see what that produces because I haven't tried it yet but if you go to El Colombio maybe maybe uh and I also want to test it against Italian blends like uh Illy Illy is a, a high-end well-known Italian blend from um well from Italy because I said it was an Italian blend so you know fucking put two and two together um but speaking of coffee first of all he was really nice so i literally finished that vlog posted that and then walked on a plane and ended up in a place where they have some of the best coffee florida florida without a doubt has some of my favorite coffee cubano you know home of the cubano sandwich the cubano coffee will knock you on your ass i don't know if you've ever had it but I can tell you one thing. You're not getting cheated. You're definitely not. You get a small Cubano coffee. I mean, we're talking maybe six ounces. Be prepared because this shit is loaded for bear. It's great, though. You get a full, bitter, soulful, hearty, strong. Oof, that sounded a little aggressive. Blend of coffee. I mean, nothing in it. No cream. No, as they call sugar. You know, nothing, just straight black. And loved it, absolutely loved it. Now, in Lake Worth, they have 
a lot of hippie, a lot of hippie, a hipster type uh, coffee shops, which are good. I'm a big fan of hipster places because they kind of do their own thing. But also, um, they also have, you know, those Cubano places, which I'm a big fan of. And there was this one place that sold, you know, churros and, you know, you know, cooked fat, you know, bacon, uh, cooked pork bellies and things like that. Um, you know, some real, like, you know, some real, some real shit, yo. And the coffee was just out of this world. And the churro, a churro doesn't have a ton of flavor. You know, a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of sugar, and that's about it. It's just a fried little thing. And you dip that in your coffee, though, and you've got something. You've, you've got something. And the coffee itself is just out of this world. And if I'm talking too much about coffee, I don't give a shit. You know, coffee is what fuels this podcast. Um, so it was fantastic. Um, overall, the food was, you know, I had some good stuff down there. I had some stuff that I wasn't a big fan of. Some things maybe I paid a little too much for. I had some good empanadas, you know, down there. Empanadas are like basically, it's like a meat pie, you know, like a Jamaican meat beef, uh, like a Jamaican beef patty, um, if you ever had anything like that. And it just depends on, you know, which ethnicity is doing the flavoring. Generally, anywhere you go, whether it's the Polish doing the flavoring, the Icelandic, Norwegian doing the flavoring, the Jamaicans doing the flavoring, the Italians, it doesn't matter. The Cubans, whomever's stuffing meat in a flaky patty, in a flaky pocket of carbs, you generally will have my attention, okay? You know, meat in tube form, as as the great Anthony Bourdain once said, anything that's meat in tube form or, or is a pocket of meat with a flaky crunch around it, yeah, you're going to get my attention. So there was a, a there was a place that literally like opened up at like 5 a.m. in the morning. They closed around like 1 o'clock. So I went there, uh, got some stuff. It was great. Um, there was some Italian places which were okay. There was one place that definitely oof, put me on death's door as far as the amount of food I ate. Giant ball, a giant plate of bolognese. Um, but I dropped like a hundred bucks there. I was like, fuck, you know, it looks cool in the beginning, but then you realize, oh, I'm spending way too much money and I'm eating way too much food. I could have definitely, you know, scaled it down a little bit, but I'm bouncing all over the place. So I'm going to get right to it. So, um, Lake Worth was near where we stayed. Lake Worth and Palm Beach right next to each other. Lake Worth is beautiful. They got nice place, nice places. A lot of pla- a lot of shop, a lot of residential. Not as much shopping as Delray or Boynton, but still rather nice. You stay near the coastline. They got a casino uh, place down there called Mulligans. You go there, you can get like a, a cappuccino and you know some you know oceanside type of food, uh, like con- like conch and you know galamar and you know all that jazz. So you go there, you chill out right by the ocean, you know right in. You just walk. You can walk right to the beach. In that area, though, they don't. There's not a lot of lights at night because of the whole turtle nesting thing. Uh, because it, it, the turtles will, instead of once they hatch, instead of heading for the ocean, they'll actually head towards shore if they see too much light. I think that's how it's done. It's from what I understand about how Costa Rica works. There's really no light, so if the turtles, when they hatch, they head to sea instead of heading inland. Um, turtles have shitty beginnings. They've definitely got hard beginnings. Um, a lot of natural predators, but still absolutely gorgeous. The, the, the water was so blue. Uh, if you go on, um, if you check out my facebook.com slash positive sarcasm, there's a little video of, um, how, how nice the water was from, from Juneau beach all the way down to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, fantastic. I didn't take any, um, water pics of Miami. Um, it was too dark. And it just, you know, wasn't what I want to do. But I was on South Beach. But Lake Worth, great for getting a cup of coffee, checking out some local food, uh, sitting by the beach and just relaxing. Um, you can literally, if you're staying in an Airbnb, either in Palm or in, in Lake Worth, you can basically just ride your bikes over the bridge and then, boom, you're right there in Palm Beach or, or Manalanapan or, or um, anywhere in that little spot where you can just walk right on and, and, and tie off and you just lay down and chill beautiful and uh, yeah absolutely freaking gorgeous juno beach is just north of that juno beach is uh they're growing because lake worth is being a little stubborn with how they're doing their real estate 
But Juno Beach is growing rapidly, and their, their area is absolutely beautiful as well. A lot of bike riding paths. You can rent bikes, powered bikes, manual bikes. You can just scroll that for a couple hours, go get some, co some coffee or some ice cream or some dinner, <clears throat> and it's just as beautiful, just as beautiful. You can see beautiful houses all along the coastline. So that's something to consider. Juno Beach is kind of, it's, um, you start heading towards closer to Orlando, but I think that um, it's, it's, it's definitely up and coming. And I think that whatever happens with Lake Worth, I think Juno is going to definitely pick up the slack from that. And it's just a really nice area. It's just a really nice area overall. So, so covered Juno. Covered uh, Lake Worth, which was nice. They also have like a lot of hipster festivals, you know, rock bands, things like that at night, just random shit. And they got bar stuff. So Palm Beach, Palm Beach is Palm Beach. Hasn't changed a bit. Still beautiful, still expensive houses, a lot of development, uh, beautiful blue seas, great to drive. You got the A1A, A1A, right there. Um, it's just phenomenal. Absolutely love Palm Beach. Uh, you have areas like Lantana. And Manalanapan, you've got that big-ass resort called the U, E-A-U, uh, right there on the water. And if you see it from some of the aerial shots that I've taken, um, it's definitely gorgeous from beginning to end of the day. Um, a lot of people go and see the sunrise in the morning. Um, I did on several, several occasions uh, when I can get my fat ass out of bed and just kind of took it all in for what it was. You know, you wake up, you take the shitty bike down to the, you know, across the bridge, and um, you see all the joggers out and stuff like that, and all the little salamanders go scattering, the little little lizards and shit. They don't bother you, though. Um, and then you just head down and you watch the freaking sun come up. It's beautiful. Then maybe you go get a coffee, or you go take a shower and get some breakfast, and then you just kind of move on with your day. And Palm Beach has always been... You know, it it took me way too long to really get down there and understand that this, you know, my perception of Florida was flat out wrong because the East Coast of Florida is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Like you live in the West Coast of Florida, like, uh, you know, Port Charlotte, you know, uh, that area, you know, Northport, it's fucking death. Venice is beautiful, but there's nothing in Venice. There's like a little bit of shopping. And there's like one seaside restaurant. And then once you leave that area, it's nothing. It's dead. Absolutely dead. So it's like w there's no reason to live there unless you're living in Tampa. But then they, they have, because they're on the Gulf of Mexico, they got to deal with that red tide stuff. And that kills fishing. That kills beach life. It just it kills all value in, in just in living there or vacationing there. So why even bother? Um but on the east coast, on the east coast of Florida, you just take your pick. Juno Beach, Pompano Beach, Palm Beach, uh, Delray Beach, which you a shit ton of shopping, a shit ton of nightlife, uh, a shit ton of food, um, tons of shopping. It's clean, it's clean as fuck. Uh, it can add up, though, like as far as, you know, paying to sit, you know, paying to park, uh, pay here to do this. Pay, and, and some of the places are way too overpriced. But Delray is gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. So Delray is not it's it's not a far stroll. It's Delray, uh, Boca Raton, and Boynton, and they tie together. So you get all these little awesome hot spots where you just pull in. You kind of go where you want. There's so much fucking food down there. It's insane. You don't know it, it. You you wouldn't need a tour guide. You know you can just bounce from place to place to place depending upon what you're looking for. You want Vietnamese food. You want Cubano food. You want you know, uh, you know, a gay bar, just take your pick. It doesn't really matter what you want. They have it. And it's an absolutely phenomenal and beautiful place. You, you, and even though it's Florida, I get it. It's freaking 80, 90 degrees and they got crazy ass humidity. Texas, you don't know what the fuck humidity is, but I can tell you this much. Um, being by the coastline when it's 85 or 90 degrees, and you get that breeze coming in from the ocean. It's it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. 
it, it, it kills that humidity just enough where laying there and, and just absorbing it is healing. And then you go in there and you gargle some salt water and you let that salt get into your body, get into your pores and stuff like that. And it's just like, oh, it, it does. It heals. It can heal anyone's soul. Um, so going down there and it doesn't have to cost you a ton because I, I get it. People are strapped. People can be strapped for cash. They don't know where to go. You know, I can, I, if you have a few hundred bucks to spare, you could go down to Florida. Okay. You can book two tickets. If you're, if you're smart, you can book two tickets down to there for maybe uh, two fifty three hundred bucks altogether. Okay. Southwest airlines or shit, maybe even JetBlue If you're in a larger city, you can drop JetBlue and JetBlue will, um, pro I think JetBlue flies to either Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, or Miami. It's got to fly to one of those three. Okay, and then Southwest will fly to Palm. It will fly to South Beach. Does it fly to Miami? I would double-check that. And, of course, um, Fort Lauderdale. Pretty much everybody lands in Fort Lauderdale, so that's good news. And Fort Lauderdale is not a hard haul. It's about an hour uh, drive north to Palm. And then it's about 45 minutes to uh, Miami. So, rock on. So Palm Beach is absolutely fantastic. Delray is definitely more upscale. Even their Publix, their shopping center down here, like up here we have Hannaford's. Down there they uh, in in Texas they have H-E-B. Uh, in uh, what's the place in California? They got like Trader Joe's, but Trader Joe's is everywhere. Um, down there they got a place called Publix, and they got some upscale. Like they got valet parking for some of their Publix. It's crazy. Uh, so that's Delray. Delray is definitely high end real estate. Um, high end, all over, all over, all the real estate is definitely high end, um, and the quality of life down there is is very high. But there's plenty of places where you can just kind of go and enjoy enjoy yourself. And yet you are only a few miles from you're only like you know thirty minutes, twenty minutes from where we originally started, which was in Palm Beach or Lake Worth. And you don't have to go crazy for a place. You can find there's fucking cottages everywhere. There's Airbnbs all over the place. West Palm Beach. Lake Worth, uh, um, and, and Juno Beach, or maybe a little further inland. But then you get closer, and then we start to go a little further south. You know, we check out Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale is okay. Fort Lauderdale is probably, it's the more utilitarian city out of all of them because it's where everybody lands from the airport. They got a great beach, don't get me wrong. You know, lifeguards were super nice. Um, it's a little more, is a little more running around, a little more traffic. But you can still go there. You can still do stuff. You can still check out nightlife. It's still Fort Lauderdale. Okay, Fort Lauderdale is no joke. So going down there and experiencing the food and, and checking out the beaches and just experiencing the life altogether, there's plenty to do. I just didn't waste too much time in Fort Lauderdale. You know, because, I sh well, besides landing there. Um, the airport wasn't bad either. Generally, generally, I like to judge by airports too. If you get a shitty airport, we, you and I, you and I, you, you, we have a problem. Okay, I don't like shitty airports. I don't care how bad the fucking TSA is. If you have a shitty airport, it's not clean, and your, your employees suck, we got a problem. Oh, that reminds me. Atlanta, you're the worst fucking airport in the world ever. Okay, And that's been confirmed. You are the busiest. You are the slowest. You have the rudest freaking employees. Okay, You need to get your shit together. If you're going to be the, the hub, the hub, the hub, not not freaking JFK, not Chicago, Chicago, not fucking LAX. You guys are the premier, the largest hub, the Delta hub, the premier Delta hub also in the United States. You guys need to get your shit together, okay? I'm going to be traveling there in, in about a week or so, and I don't want to be freaking sitting like 25 in queue waiting to fucking take off at 9 o'clock at night so I can get home uh, here by God knows when. So get your shit together in, you got a week. I'll give you a week. That, that, all bets are off. So after Fort Lauderdale, you have, you know, we've already talked about, you have also like places like Boca Raton. You have Boca Raton. You have all those little spots. Just all these other towns with wine tastings and, you know, barbecue and fucking God knows what. It's just, there's, it's, it's, a, it's a menage of just all kinds of crazy shit that's going on in the, in the east coast of Florida. And like I said, the ocean's gorgeous. Okay, you don't go in there and come out with AIDS. It's beautiful. And then I was like, all right, so we've done Fort Lauderdale. We've done all those. Let's go to Miami. 
you know, we planned it. We went there. Miami is a very different cat from all of them. And I've been told it's overrated. Well, I don't know if I'm overrating it. I'm just stating when you go there, be prepared. Okay. People don't screw around down there. And let's face it, the men are a little more aggressive, I guess you would say. You know, eh, you know, they they go get, you know, if if you keep, you know, watch your girl cuz they will steal her. Um they'll throw that bitch in a trunk and you'll never see her again. Um but they definitely want to like they got they got they got car salesmen like right at the front door of every single bar, every single restaurant, you know. Come check us out. You know, hey, you guys table for two, you know, running drink specials tonight and they'll get, they'll they'll they don't care. They'll get they want you to come. They ain't they ain't afraid. Um, but they got some nice spot. Okay. First thing you do when you get to Miami, number one, focus on the road. Okay. If you want to take the A1A, you can, but you can take route 95 route 10, route 95 will take you right to, uh, Miami. Um, but you get there, just get a parking spot close to South beach. Okay. Once you do that, you're going to park near a place called Puerto Seguira. I think it, or Puerto Seguira. However you want to fucking pronounce it. It's a diner. Okay. It's a Cubano Latino type of diner. You go in there, you get diner type of food, but Cuban style, not Cuban. Well, yeah. So here's the one thing about I can tell you about Latinos and how they cook. All right. Now, regardless of what you think of carne asada or what you get at Chipotle, they don't know how to cook steak for shit. If they're just going to pan fry a steak, they basically beat the thing till it's flattened like a frog on the fucking highway, and then they fr- they throw onions on it, and the thing is dry, okay? All right? Friggin' dry. So don't bother ordering steak. But anything else, you're most likely going to have a good time. Hey, you want to go? You know, I mean, like, I got the lamb shank. So you get, like, a nice shank stewed in, like, a tomato sauce. Tomatoes like a nice tomato sauce and you add in the rice and the black beans and then you get this nice big pork shank and you just kind of pull pull the braised pork off there and you dip and you put it in the tomatoes and you add the rice and the beans and you're good dude you know and the price won't blow you out of the water either but they got that they got the empanadas they got all kinds of fried food people are going in and out and all that shit and it's definitely more of a, it has its touristy value to it but the place is just so good that you do want to, you, the place is that is good enough where you actually want to go. You want to go, you want to check it out, you want to eat the food there, and it's good. You know, it's a good diner. You know, and I, as far as good diners, I would compare, like up here we have something called the Red Arrow. The Red Arrow is a good diner. It's a little small, but the food's good. And there really is nothing like a good diner with good service. And now, up here, the Red Arrow is good. Service isn't bad. You know, and they got specialties, and it's lively. The, this place, Puerto Seguro, good food. Clientele could use a little work because it gets it can get crazy. I can only imagine what this place is like at, like, 2.30 in the morning. And then the, and then the service was great. The ladies were super nice, very helpful, good coffee. No sugar, of course. And then, of course, we went to the bars. We checked out the Clevelander. The Clevelander is basically like a sports bar with a nightclub attached to it. But it's all outdoors. It's completely outdoors right down there. this big-ass sign that just says, The Clevelander! It's right there on the freaking strip um, on South Beach. So that was going on. And I have to admit, the girls were not that impressive. Uh, you know, a little, little flat in the ass. You, uh, you broads got work to do. Not that I really even care. Um, but anyways, cool, cool bar, interesting premise. You could see people in the apartment complexes looking down, seeing what was going on. It seemed like they were kind of used to it, though. So we moved over from the Clevelander, went to a couple places. We we checked out a commercial, a commercial nightclub called Mangoes. Um, you know they have like people dancing on tabletops and mariachi band and all that other stuff, and it was, it was cool. A lot of theme, a lot of theme to it. People were nice. Uh, the staff was great, so there was there was something to be said about that place as far as how it was run, and I mean I didn't spend any money there because I I didn't because I was I had to drive all the way back to to Palm Beach that night, so I wasn't gonna waste my time, you know, getting shit housed, um, but 
all in all, I, I didn't mind Miami. I actually liked it. And I could go there. I, I mean, first of all, I'm a big fan of New York City. Um, I love the, the, the movement of New York and its unapologetic lifestyle that it, it holds on to still. Um, so Miami is no challenge to me. But because it's a place I'm not familiar with, I can get a little, you know, a little timid because I don't know how to drive there because I've never driven there really. Uh, I don't know the layout, so I have to watch my ass. So you have to keep an eye on these things, and you have to kind of move a little quicker and be a little, uh, you know, aggressive in your steps, and at least act like you know where you're going and what you're doing. Okay, and if you're carrying camera gear like I normally am, I mean, I've got a little. I have a, a Sony a next a Sony Alpha camera, and if you keep it kind of you know on the side, people won't bother you. But I'm not gonna run around and shove cameras in people's faces because, like I said, different crowd. So I kind of keep it in a position where I'm getting my shots, but I'm not really broadcasting it because this thing has like a giant microphone on top of it as well. So it definitely has it's it's a little bombastic in its look, even though it's tiny. So we got through there, and um, as far as being done at, at the end of the night, it was fine. We uh, ended up at a place, a little pizza place, actually. We got you know a couple slices of pie. The pizza at the end of the night was actually pretty good. It was one of those little things that you don't expect at like, I don't know, 1 o'clock in the morning. Pizza was freaking awesome. One little spot that was open, they had a bunch of slices rolling, and we, before we left that for that night, I grabbed some pizza, and that was it. We left. But Miami was cool. I can see how people think it's overrated or could be overrated. I understand what they're saying. I agree with a lot of those points. It's a lot of glitz and glamour of it, but it's definitely a gritty town that you don't want to screw up in because if you're near, like, 79th Street, you're going to get fucking shot. So you need to take that into account when you're traveling down there. But do I recommend you guys checking out Miami? Absolutely. But just as much as I recommend you checking out Fort Lauderdale, Pompano Beach, Juno Beach, Palm Beach, uh, uh, Delray Beach, Boynton Beach, Boca Raton. And then it, next time I get a chance, the Everglades and the Keys. Because I haven't done that yet. So I'd like to check that out because, you know, why wouldn't you? So I definitely want to check that stuff out and see what the life is like on Key West because I, I hear good things, you know, and I definitely want to check that out. Now, thankfully, I've been I've been back into traveling a lot. You know, I, I got to check out the Rio Grande this year. Um, I got to check out San Antonio. Uh, I got to check out – I've been in Boston a hell of a lot more. So I got to really get used to that, that type of movement and lifestyle down there. Um, I'm traveling to – I didn't get a chance to go to Chicago this year. I feel bad about that. I would have loved to have gone, but timing just wasn't right. Um, I'm heading to Athens, Georgia next week for a quick weekend getaway. Uh, that's just going to be just the thing where I don't know. I don't know what that's like, but I'm going to find out. Um, it sucks, though, because Athens is like an hour away from the airport. So I got I, I could, I I could get a rental, which is I, pff, what? So you pay the rental to not drive it. And then you got to have a hold. You got to put a hold on it. So they give you like a two hundred, like a fifty to a two hundred dollar hold on your account just to have this car sit there. It's like, what the fuck's the point? You're gonna drive it twice, three times. You know. Oh, and though, and here's the thing. If one more thing, when you're in Florida and you rent a car there, they have these toll fees. So you bought for an extra fifty dollars, you can go through any tolls. But they're tolls to get into Miami. First of all, you can't really see them. You don't know where they are until you pass through them, apparently. But it's like 25 bucks or something. I don't know. It's insane. So keep that in mind. They'll offer you like a $50 package with your rental car. Um, you, I think, unless I do more investigating, I think you should take it. I think I recommend you actually take that little rental car. So say you pay 170 bucks and you get like a mid-sized Fusion or a Kia something, like a Kia Optima. It's gonna on top of that. There's gonna be an extra fifty bucks for tolls. That doesn't include gas, so you're gonna have to probably purchase that as well. But as far as Athens, I'm probably just gonna get an Uber. I'm probably just gonna hit Atlanta, pay you know you know swallow my dick and get an Uber 
to drive one hour to Athens, and then when I leave, one hour back. It's going to suck. I mean, I don't know if I can get an Uber driver to actually commit to something like that. I may actually get like a private company, like, a, you know, like one of those Lincoln Town Car type of companies to actually do it. I don't know. I have to look and see. But um, Florida is still highly recommended. It's not underwater yet. The people are really nice. The restaurants are great. The coffee is fantastic. Uh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, I'd love to go back. Um, I think, you know, I, it, it annoys me. I always feel like when I get back from like being somewhere, like I could have done more. And that just drives me nuts. Like I could have done so much more because you can also cook in like we had a, I had a cottage there and could have cooked so much. I mean, I cooked plenty, but I could have cooked more or could have checked out more. But next time get a guide or do some investigating before you just jump on a plane and take off. Um, and here's the thing is I don't think people vacation enough. I love people. I think people are so focused on, you know, you first of all, you have all this overtime. So why not freaking use it? Or, or, you know, you have all this free time or maybe you own your own business or something like that, but it's not hard to travel. You really just got to look and find the deals. Like there are some things you're going to have to bite the bullet on. Most likely it's going to cost you <sighs> between a hundred and 150 bucks to book a plane ticket. That's facts, yo. Um, so that's going to, you're going to have to do that. You could maybe score one for like 50, 60 bucks, depending upon where you live in the country. But it's still got, that's going to cost you. And then finding a place that's in a nice area, booking like an Airbnb or a hotel in a nice area with the stuff that you need around you, that the hotel itself is not like, you know, you put a key, you put your key in the door and it goes through the window. You know, there's some space to the actual a place. You're going to want that. So put that all into perspective before you make your purchases. And of course, definitely check out the reviews. And t believe me, you know, check out the reviews. Because when white people complain, you know, we tend to listen. Um, and my experience with Southwest Airlines, they're still very nice. You know, I just, I don't care. I just jump on a plane and take off. I don't give a shit. You know, as long as you guys aren't dick to me. And I have, if you are traveling, if you do decide you're going to be traveling more frequently, I highly, if I haven't already talked about it, I'm going to say it right now. You have to get the TSA pre-check. Okay. TSA pre-check is an absolute must. 85 bucks for five years. It puts you in this different line. You don't have to take anything out of your bag. Nothing. You don't touch your bag. You take your bag, you put it on the conveyor, you ship it through. You take maybe one or two things out of your pockets, like your cell phone and your keys. And you put them in the little doggy bowl. You keep, I kept my watch on. I kept my bracelet on. So literally I watched a bracelet, walked right through. Sunglasses on my head. Alarm didn't go off. Cool. On your way. Totally worth it. Instead of having to deal with that huge ass line, which a lot of the times I get it. Sometimes the line isn't even that big. You know, 15 minutes you're in and out. But to not have to deal with any of that random inconvenience of bullshit, so you could just literally go right through the line for five years. And it takes you, and it literally takes you 15 minutes to. <clears throat> You book an appointment to go to the T to wherever they're doing the TSA sign up. You get an appointment. You go. Takes you 15 minutes. You're out of there. You pay eight five bucks. Three days later, oddly enough, and it's a government run thing. Three days later, I got I got a, a um an electronic approval, and then a week later the paper came in, and then you just go when you sign up on uh, Southwest or Delta or Lufthansa, whatever the fuck it is. You're you're flying. You just take your your KTN number, your known traveler number and you type that in to whichever ticket you're booking and then it'll come up on when you go to when you go to check in for your flight it shows up and then boom the the TSA sees it and then you go right through perfect so i absolutely recommend anybody who would not be denied uh, a KTN number or a TSA pre-check absolutely get it and never forget to uh, purchase. Uh, never forget to put it in to type it in when you're purchasing a ticket. Always, always, always do it. So that is um, my synopsis of the food truck festival, Palm Beach, the AMA guys. I'm still reaching out to. Um, 
there's a couple of fitness shows going on. I gotta get I gotta get posing music out to some of the to some of the competitors. So I gotta make sure that's getting done. I'm working on um I've been working on a, a several uh, projects uh video projects for 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 for, for clients and stuff. Um, I finally got around to doing them because I'm coming to a close as far as the weekly vlog thing. So I've been starting to ramp up those other projects because it's starting to get cold out and doing weekly vlogging in the wintertime is a bitch. And this weekend's going to be a pain in the ass because two events that I was going to do were canceled. So now I got to do something else. This goddamn nor'easter. So I have to plan that out. So if you don't have to vlog in the wintertime or don't, you just don't do it. I mean, there, there's sometimes you'll go out there and you'll find a golden nugget, but for the most part, you know, it's cold up here. It's a bitch. You know, I did a, I did one episode. It was called week 53. It was called, uh, before dawn. And literally I did it at three. I started at three 30 in the morning outside. One day later, the temperature dropped to below zero. So I lucked out, but Jesus Christ was it cold. Um, but so I'm working on these all on these other projects. I'm behind on some of them, which is fine. I'd rather have, I'd rather be behind on something than ahead of nothing. Now, week 96, I just finished. You can go and check that up on YouTube. You know, it doesn't have, it doesn't, oddly enough, it doesn't have any views and it gives you a whole seek each coat. It gives you a whole view of the sea coast of Florida, you know, the East coast. Anyways, you should definitely check that out. Go to YouTube, uh, Type in positive sarcasm. I'll pop right up. Check that shit out. Like it. Subscribe it if you want. You know, it's five minutes of your life. Come on. Come on. Go check that out. Uh, but I've got three, it's 97, 98, 99, 100. I got four more episodes left. Two years of this. I got four episodes left to go. Four weekly episodes. So somewhere in November, that's all she wrote, you know? It's been quite the run, you know, struggling, not getting any views, not making any money per se off the YouTube stuff. Because at this point, you're not, it's, YouTube's not a gold mine. You're digging for copper at this point, you know, and you're not even finding that. But it really, I really learned a lot and was able to teach what I've, I've learned from doing these YouTube videos over the past two years. And I can see a significant improvement in my mentality, the quality of my work, the people I've met. I've parted ways with many people, okay? There are people here that aren't there, aren't here anymore, you know? Some of it is family, some of it is friends. And it's, it's you know, what, do you, what, do you, what are you going to do? You focus on what you have in front of you. I got four episodes left. I'm going to try to make them as good as possible, not kind of freaking, you know, kneel on the ball per se. I want to get the, I want to make them really good, you know, for the best I can with what I have currently on the schedule. And then week 100, I'll do something that I really want to do. Hopefully that'll be fun for me. And it'll just be a nice little send off. It doesn't need to be anything huge. It's just, it's a process from beginning to end from the first one to the last one. And then, Okay. That's done. That's great. It's been real. Now, let's take a week off, get all these projects done, focus on the next uh, uh, objective. Do I want to, you know, I have other videos I'm going to be working on, documentaries, music videos, concepts, other things like that. I need to get those moving. I need to get the podcast going again because thankfully what this whole website started on, which was food reviews and traveling, I've been able to do that in the past 20 weeks. I've actually finally gotten back to the things that I wanted to start doing in the first place. That's great. That's fantastic. So I can't wait to, you know, do more of it if I can. And if there's an opportunity or if there's an event that's coming around that I can take advantage of, then I'm going to go do it. And then I'll do what I normally do so I can stay fresh. Because it's great meeting these people and the meeting meeting these people that are really appreciative of the stuff that I'm doing for them, the freelance stuff, that's helping me be better. Instead of just sitting here and saying, oh, it's done, time to retire. No, I ain't done. It's just that, you know, if there's a week where there isn't anything, I'm not going to try to force it. I'm going to look for more quality, okay? 
and stay and continue to keep the quantity moving and continue to stay consistent, but also include the posing music, the events, the nonprofits, the documentaries, the side projects that go up on Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter, um, the podcasts. Oh, did I ever say that? And all that, all that other stuff that you gotta, I have to factor in because, like I said, I'm doing it all myself. So, you know, and I appreciate you guys. If you want to, yeah, let me close it out anyways. Um, like I said, I want to thank everybody who have, I've been collaborating or talking with or hanging out with for the past few weeks. You've been an off, you've been an awful lot of fun. You've been great support. I appreciate the donations, the contributions, the latest client work. I appreciate it all. It's a fucking ton of fun for me. Every second I'm editing video, I'm excited to edit video. I love it. I never get pissy about having to edit video. I love it. I love getting in that zone and just playing with the dots and the, and the sound and the little segments and the music and you know and all that shit. I love it. I love it. And I get I really get hyper focused on it. So I look forward to doing more of it. Uh, if you guys do want to subscribe, uh, go to YouTube. Look for positive sarcasm, like, and subscribe. You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm, facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. If you like drone stuff and drone stuff only, you can go to my drone page on uh, Instagram. It's at PS underscore Pelican, the bird. It's Pelican 2 is my drone. DJI Phantom 3 4K. I shoot in 1080 frames. I shoot in 1080p at 60 frames per second. And then, of course, if you want to look at events stuff, you have questions, concerns, complaints, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter as well. Or you can uh, go to my page at positivesarcasm.com and you can click on the contact thing. There's also a donate button. If you want to donate directly, you, you can go You can uh, go to paypal.me, you know, Matthew Edward, paypal.me slash positivesarcasm. You can donate any amount like the guys from the AMA did just a couple weeks ago. I appreciate the fuck you guys for doing it. It's absolutely awesome. I was literally getting on a plane and that stuff comes in. So if you have any other questions or concerns, gear that I use, tactics that I use for getting into some of these events, uh, other ideas or things that you concepts you're working on that you maybe just want to have an another set of eyes to look at it. Let's work into it. You know, I built, I, I built this site and this whole little empire so that you guys could experiment as well so uh it's been about an hour and six i'm gonna close up because i got other shit i gotta do uh i appreciate you guys um i'm gonna work on building this little twitch thing as well get that a little bigger maybe i can start getting more viewers on that start interacting questionnaires stuff like that but for now it's just another channel that i'm opening up so that you guys can see a little behind the scenes of what i'm doing and then i'm gonna edit this podcast really quickly which is basically just you know, an intro, music in the beginning, music at the end, and up it goes. You know, keep it simple. Um, but like I said, hit me up on all the social medias, and uh, you can go to positivesarcasm.com. You can contact me there. I'm available for questions or comments at any time of the day. But I appreciate you guys for listening, subscribing, donating, complaining, accusing, putting bombs in my mailbox, whatever it is, it's cool. I appreciate you interacting. I'll talk to you guys hopefully next week. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. <laughs>